Hello out there in the fall of Western civilization. Welcome to Thrones of Game, the only Game of Thrones podcast that dares to watch the show backwards like a couple of renegades, y'all. If you never heard the show before, I usually don't open like that, so that's why Elliot's laughing at me. My name is BT Calloway. I've already seen the entire show, but joining me laughing his ass off is Elliot J. O'Neill, who had never watched a single episode of the show until we started watching in reverse order. Elliot, how are you, buddy? I moved my mouth away from the mic when I laugh. <laughs> You're like chocolate rain all over again. We just watched season four, episode 10, entitled The Children. Elliot J. O'Neill, what just happened? I'll tell you what just happened. <laughs> A bunch of awesome stuff. This episode fucks my notch nemesis. The freaking music stand has got me again. How does that keep happening? Why do you keep putting it there? I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Finally, and it's not like this is an episode where actually a lot happens. It's just what happened was very good. I know, so good. And like I was sort of trying to put it in the context of would this be a satisfying finale? And I tell you what, this is a fucking satisfying opener to season four for me. <laughs> I know, because, I mean, even, you know, listeners may remember, I was starting to question, was Game of Thrones ever good? And I'm like, saw this one, like, this is like the best episode we've seen. Yeah, I I don't have context for half the shit they're talking about, Mm -hmm. yet it was all still engaging, the characters were amazing, Um, like, the acting was just off the chain, like... Yeah, oh, man, so I have, like, multiple MVPs, but before we get into that, for everyone playing at home, this is the one where Tyrion escapes, shoots his father on the toilet, Arya uh, leaves the Hound, you know, begging for his life, gets on a boat, Uh, Bran, all Bran finally makes it to the Three-Eyed Raven, and the kid kid from the Spiderwick Chronicles gets stabbed... (laughs) Uh, they chain the Dan Brady chains up the dragons. Like so much happens in this. I, I mean, knew I vaguely recognised that kid from a supermarket discount DVD. Yeah, exactly that kid. I'm pretty. I mean, if it's not that kid, it looks a shit ton like it. <laughs> if not, it's Percy Jackson. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Out now at a Woolworths near you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but come on, let's get right into us. What were, what of all this amazingly awesome stuff was your MVP? Um, I just want to take actually one moment for least valuable player. Yeah. I think Podrick was shit in this episode. True, he's nowhere near as endearing. He really didn't get to do anything other than kind of be a screw-up. Well, in the, all the background scenes of all the tense moments, he looked fucking bored. Uh, I do really like the bit where, uh, you know... Brienne of Tarth is talking to Arya, and uh, then the mountain walk. Sorry, the hound walks out, and you can tell Podrick recognizes him. He's like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah. he puts it together first, and Brienne's still, "Hi, everyone. How you doing?" I don't know. Like, yeah, maybe in all the scenes where they pulled focus on him, but I swear to fucking Christ, when he thought the scene wasn't about him, he just wasn't doing anything. <laughs> um, but you know, minor gripe, minor mm. gripe. Oh, yeah. God, most valuable player? I don't know. What do you got? Have you got uh, something banked? I have got, like, five. <laughs> uh, okay, whole thing starts off with uh, John walking through a bit of a battlefield, and he goes to the tent with Man's Raider to have a bit of a negotiation. Mm. Uh, but what I really liked is just their back and forth. It's two, you know, very interesting characters having very realistic and good dialogue. Like you said, even the scenes where you don't necessarily have context for what's going on, it's still really compelling and really interesting. Um, so yeah, they both, they share a drink to Ingrid, um, and then there's a yeah, great- Yeah, and the, sorry. <laughs> sorry, and there's a great bit where, uh, Man's Raider is all like, ah, oh, one of our giants went into your tunnel and never came out. He goes, yeah, he died. He's like, ah, oh, he was the last of a great bloodline, one of the original giants from way back when. He's like, oh, a farmer killed him. Mm. And they're both dead now, so. Yeah. But, you know, they sort of, uh, share their sympathy, sympathies in this moment, mm. and- uh, I like how this scene ends where, yeah, John ready to fucking, and he's like, oh, I, I know your moves. You were going to kill us, but you knew you didn't have a chance. I can see. I, I play yeah. 3D chess as well. Yeah, we're both on this level. 
yeah, it was a good minute. And then Stannis Baratheon just shows up with all the horses. And uh... See, again, what point is there me getting pissed off at Game of Thrones? I've already seen. But for the amount of a big deal they make out of Stannis Baratheon, he really doesn't fucking matter in the rest of the series. It really doesn't. But that, again, was kind of the point. Everyone, I remember watching this The Forward Watch and being like, okay, Stannis is going to go to uh, Winterfell and he's going to be the one that liberates from the Boltons. And no, he got fucked real hard. Oh, mm. okay. Well... Everything sucks and I'm sad now, but in a fun, <laughs> thrilling way. Um, actually, in another, I can't believe this is where this character started. Assuming this is his first episode. Get on with it, Elliot. Yep. Davos is such a bootlicker. Yeah, yeah. I think you get a little bit more background onto why he's such a bootlicker lately. I'm pretty sure Stannis has some of his fingers. Oh. Like he got, I, I'm going back a while here, but it's probably going to come up soon. Um, that Yeah, he's, his gloved hand has like a couple of padded fingers because he had them cut off for being disrespectful or something. So he's... he's been beaten into submission huh. um, but uh he's still sir davos and he's still awesome but yeah. uh not as awesome right now <laughs> um but yeah that whole bit with man's raider has a great little ba- bit with um you know stannis rocks up and he's like oh he's meant to kneel before a king and man's raider's just like we don't kneel and he's like yeah i'll we don't have anywhere to put you all and we can't feed you all so you may as well just beg to me now so i'll spare you. he's like we, we don't kneel mm. <laughs> he's like nice it's like when those marathon organizers approached your family and you were all like we do not run <laughs> sorry you can walk it we no, do not run, run. <laughs> it's not a thing choose not to run and yeah in the same moment as well tom and giants bane really showing his fucking at range as an actor because mm. i just thought you know when i first met him that he was going to be the fun drunk wildling guy you know yeah. shitting pants and drinking booze but watching him in these earlier episodes where he's like He's so serious, and it's good, too. That's the other thing. Like, I think that was the problem, why I didn't really remember him in the forward watch, was that he's a good, serious character, but there are so many good, serious characters that they just kind of fall to the wayside, which is where he became a comedic character, who still had some serious moments. He was way more memorable. But he's just so good at that fucking unblinking stare, and just, oh, the way he goes, fucking, you know, what, the dead don't give a shit about us, or whatever, like... Yeah, where he's all like, oh, John's all... Would you like to say some words about your dead yeah. folks? And he's like, the dead can't hear us, whatever. And he's got a great line as well when he's like um, talking to John. He's like, oh, so what's going to happen to us? And John's like, oh, I suppose Stannis is in charge. And I was like, oh, you do it. He says, he's like, no. Well, you spent, you'll never, uh, you'll never be a kneeler again, John Snow. I'm like, oh, I like that. Mm. Even though he does kneel to Daenerys. But still, interesting stuff. Still. Uh, yeah, like I said, I'm not going to blame future episodes or not carrying that. No, I am going to blame future episodes for not carrying this torch properly because, again, such a good episode. Well, this was like a fucking reunion for me as well. Yeah. Like, there are so many characters that I'm pretty sure I haven't seen at all in season five. Mm. Like, I had a quick thumb through my notes. Yeah, The Hound, that was season six. Um, fucking Bran. Mm. How long ago was old Bran and Tree Man? Jesus. I mean, and I, was, I didn't even note. It was long enough for me to not realize Tree Man looks completely different. So does old Bran. <laughs> yeah, I know. Old Bran at least has the excuse of puberty hit him. Uh, but Tree Man is like literally a different actor and he's got kind of like a long, flowy, thin white Fu Manchu style beard going on and he's less built into the tree like we see in season six. Yeah. And the Children of the Forest as well are basically just look like children, whereas later they kind of have some weird makeup effects going on. And I appreciate maybe they didn't know what they were doing yet, but why didn't they know what they were doing yet? Yeah, like it's truly bizarre to track this part of the 
overarching uh, arching storyline in mm. Game of Thrones because yeah, there is just such a n- disconnect between this and what we saw, you know, albeit ages ago, but still, like, aesthetically it looked mm. different. Since when can't the, the dead were able to very well walk into the tree when we saw it? Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about that bit. There was a barrier that they did break, if you remember, when uh, the Night's King show up. But, yeah, it's like a whole other show that kind of just took this one and got the gist of it, and that's what it ran with, whereas everything here was just so much fun. And Bran as well. Mm. He... Turned 40, like, between these seasons. <laughs> he really did. Like, is it? Puberty hit him hard. I reckon that's why he wasn't in season five. He was just probably testy popping yeah, all, all over the place. The place. Yeah, <laughs> I'm the three-eyed raven. It's hard to take that kid seriously. It would be, to be entirely fair. That was definitely a problem. I think they kind of lucked out with Maisie Williams now being eternally, like, 17. Mm. Um, but, yeah. It's... Holy fuck, her hair looks good in this episode. I, she's just that perfect level of filthy where it's mm. believable but also kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, I didn't notice how sort of high and tight it was before and mm. kind of how... Well, we've uh, seen her in, like, a bob cut the whole time and, you uh, know, other things where she's being an assassin, she's got the two little braids, it's a little too neat, whereas here it was, like, dirty and ragged and interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. It was one of those things, I'm like, why do you look so awesome right now? It's like, this is why you were a big deal. This is why everyone loved your character. I honestly think everyone looked way more awesome at, at this stage in the show. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was just the set design was just, I uh, had a bit more focus on it or they weren't resting on their laurels or so. I don't know. Just, yeah. I don't, I don't really want to get too swept up in this because like, it's just, I yeah. felt like I was watching a different show. I, know, I mean, I mean, maybe it's just because there's a season final and they poured way more into it. But that said, we've covered, what, three season finals now? Yeah. None of them were this good. Um, yeah. Uh, I, actually, I will say in terms of fashion, though, there is no fucking way they had a dress with the circle cut out for the cleavage <laughs> in any time that resembled this. Uh-uh, fantasy. Yeah, I know. But, wizard did it. Yeah, but also, <laughs> yeah, a wizard. Fucking no, 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 no. I drew a circle with my finger. Yep, and now cleavage. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> hmm. oh, man. Okay, but just quickly, we hit on uh, Arya just then, and I another contender for my MVP was the bit between her and the Hound. The Hound's been shoved off the mount, uh, shoved off a cliff by Brienne. He's dying. He's a nasty broken leg, and she's just, he's just you know trying to enrage her to get her to kill him and Mm. and clearly struggling with pain and she's just stoically just sitting there but in the you know the fact that we know why she doesn't kill him later on she's kind of forgiven him at this point he's not on the list anymore yeah and there's actually a great little reluctance in in aria just thinking about it but then not wanting to do it despite all the terrible things he's saying and it's shot where she's incredibly still but he's like twitching with pain and oh both of them are so acting so good, even though Maisie Williams is just doing face. That's yeah. about it. And it's but it works. It's so well. It's so good. No, but acting opposite that dude as well, who is who building that um dialogue perfectly mm. in that scene. From going to the you know, trying to manipulate by going to, don't make me say it. Yeah. To when she's walking away, just hey, I'm explicitly stating <laughs> what I want you to do now. Yeah. And Come even, back and do it, please. And he goes, I remember when I killed that friend of yours. He tries to make a big deal out of that, and that doesn't get the rise. He's like, ah, oh, I, I could have ravaged your sister. Oh, I should. Ooh, really wanted to. But even then, he's not lying. He's not saying, oh, I did, just to piss her off. Imagine trying to piss someone off by, with intentions. <laughs> I <laughs> saw your lunch in the fridge that had your name on it. And I thought, uh, ooh, wouldn't that be tasty if I were to take that and pretend I didn't eat it? But I grabbed a fork, <laughs> and I looked at it, and then I put the fork back in the drawer. Because I, I mean, because I'm so mean. Uh. This fucking close. <laughs> Nearly poked it with a fork. 
Renegade. <laughs> pew, pew, pew. Um, yeah, other MVP possibilities was uh, your first introduction to Tywin Lannister, played by the incomparable Charles Dance. Add him to the list of people who can read me a story sometime. <laughs> uh, but between him and Cecil Lannister, and that was just pff, amazing dialogue left, right, and center as well. That was really amazing me trying to pick up on what their relationship was. Yeah. And it wasn't until she uh, finally said, I spoke to father. Ah, there we go. So I'm like, is this her husband? Is this another brother? (laughs) No, she's got a great line of your legacy is a lie by basically saying, you know what Jamie and I are doing behind closed doors? Or do you Mm. pay so little attention to your actual family because you're so busy talking about how important family is that you literally don't know? And he's like, he knew. Yeah. Well, I was trying to figure out how to read that scene, whether... Yeah, he knew or he was still in denial and she was mm. teasing him about it. And, like, there is many layers to pick up from that, I think. Yeah. You'll, you'll see more of uh, Tywin Lannister, a.k.a. Charles Dance, and he is awesome. Mm. Uh, but even then, I love that you see this dedication to Cersei in, like, she's like, no, no, if I leave, you're go- you and Marjorie Tyrell are just going to dig your claws into Tom and you'll tear him apart. And I'm not going to let that happen to my son. And she's like, I will tell everyone that, you know, he's an incest child and will be dethroned and all that just to spare him what you'll do to him. It's like, it's an amazing part for her character who has always had this dedication to her children that kind of we've not really seen because most of them are dead in the rest of the season. Yeah. Yeah, well, also, we're seeing this side of the, um, Jesus Christ, of Seesaw that, like, the range in her character alone, Mm -hmm. just, like, the way she was, like, trying to work with uh, the truth and then the, um showing vulnerability but then like fucking flipping that on its head with the um truth bomb like yeah. jesus christ there's a so many layers in that performance i know and it's so good they all nail it so well uh a couple of not you know full-on mvps but honorable mentions to uh we like to call out the the single part actors uh so we cut to dan brady who's now residing over some people who got an old guy who used to be a slave but he was a teacher to his master's children and the children mm. loved him and he loved them and was like you know, I'd really like to go back to being a slave, please, and continue teaching these kids and being a part of something, whereas now I'm just a homeless dude. And she's like, but you're free. And he's like, yeah, but that's not really working for me. Mm. And yeah, the dude delivering this, stellar performance. It's like the one-off role he gets, but I think he nails it. Yeah. No, and actually the dude who came after him, you Mm -hmm. know, we've talked a bit about how hard it must be talking in this gibberish language and trying to deliver an emotional performance, but fucking hell <laughs> yeah the guy who brings in just the, the charred remains of his burned child that drogon has scorched and just yeah i agree that was my next uh you know minor mvp if this mm. single role of just yeah all in i think it's low valerian or whatever it is um or, you know it's not some language dan brady doesn't follow so it's another conling and yeah it's devastating you feel that no and it's a good you know balance because yeah the slave dude was like you know here's the honors in this language i'll speak mm-hmm. common now oh that will be nice for the audience but no that <laughs> provided good contrast with the person who couldn't speak and was just yeah emotionally going Wah. yeah yeah um is drogon the dragon's name okay so drogon is both uh the big ass dragon's name and also uh the name of daenerys's former husband right named named the dragon after him so gotcha yeah holy fuck also uh, uh heart-wrenching scenes with the fucking dragons man yeah dragons den the prequel yeah oh and no like because it only like occurred to me halfway through oh they're babies oh they're babies oh no <laughs> and 
this scene because I criticised when we watched uh, the one where Tyrion lets him free. It's like, mm-hmm. all that was holding was a linchpin and it actually reminds me of the fucking fable of the uh, circus elephant on the wooden stick. You know that one? No, I don't. Uh, the circus gets an elephant at a baby age and, you know, to um, make sure it doesn't run away, but give it outside time at, you know, chain around the neck and mm-hmm. put the chain on a metal stake. Ah, right. And so, yeah, as a baby, it grows up with the metal stake thinking it can't budge it. Mm-hmm. And then when it gets older, you transfer it to a wooden stake because an elephant never forgets. Yes. But it can't d- discern material. Yeah. Although I, watching that scene, I was like, well, they're, you know, they're about the size of a, ver- a very large dog right now. Like an, you yeah. know, like an Irish wolfhound. Have you ever seen one of them? They're big. Mm. Um, but yeah. And then like but later on, they're big enough to ride. So someone is coming down and changing that uh, um, collar. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Someone has to be. That's got to be the most terrifying job in the world. <laughs> and I'm also a little bit weird on, you know, Dan Brady's like, okay, I can't have my dragons flying around because they'll just scorch things and eat them and run away. Yeah. Uh, so what do we do? I know. We'll chain them in a dark basement. It's like, was that really the best idea? Like, mm. uh, you could have done something else. A light basement, for example. Well, they clearly didn't know what to do with it because, mm-hmm. yeah, they were just down there for ages, like... I'm pretty sure we only saw him once and then they got released. Like, Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, but and I also kind of thought they didn't... They look pretty good, but not as good. Maybe it's just the definition of the television. I don't know. But then later on, I'm like, okay, this is where all the budget went when uh, old Bran is making his way to that cave and, you know, with the what's-her-face and her brother who gets stabby-stabbed. Mm. And all the skeletons bust out. There's like, those skeletons look good. That th- This scene was glorious. Mm. And I'll have a bit more to say... Um, negative wise on the Brienne and hound scene but yeah if i can yeah the front load are we doing violence well, i was violence? gonna say we're moving on to violence <laughs> is this violence it smells like violence i yeah. feel like we're in violence that was my uh smooth transition but i kind of forgot to announce it <laughs> it was that smooth and then here's me going look transitions <laughs> yeah i thought this was excellent it had great scale and mm-hmm. movement Jesus, and it looked good. Yeah, it looked fantastic. It's a very harrowing scene and all these kind of dead things busting out of the ground. I did have to make a couple of jokes. Previously, we've compared uh, Game of Thrones to Monty Python. Yep. Uh, in this one, I would compare it to Legend of Zelda because they're clearly... <laughs> make, I had the exact same note on I what you're going to say. <laughs> clearly making their way to the Deku tree and the re-deads pop out of the ground. And they're yep. like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, traveling through a Hyrule field at mm-hmm. night yep. and fucking, yeah, skeleton bow goblins are, <laughs> yep. are fucking on your ass. Uh, and we get a good, good little meme, uh, meme moment. Not meme moment. That's tough to say. Uh, where Olbran does what you've only seen him do, and I think you haven't heard anyone call it wagging, but where he kind of basically rolls his eyes into his head and enters the body of usually an animal. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, he's able to do it to Hodor and giving us the meme, one does not simply wag into Hodor. <laughs> yeah it's a perfect meme that just lined up beautifully in the world because uh, yep <laughs> we'll eventually get to sean bean but not for a while <laughs> um, because at this stage he has been and gone mm. and then uh <sighs> jojin is the guy's name i wrote it down because you know he gets stabby stabbed here um so yeah he gets stabbed and then i like that it keeps piling on like his sister tearfully you know finishes him off so he's not suffering and then one of the children of the forest just pegs a bomb and it blows him up just <laughs> i want her to be like come she even had this look of like oh thanks that yeah. was like an emotional thing for me and like and but- they, yes now i'm like been being rained on by his corpse thank you so much for that oh look there's blood on me now yeah <laughs> yeah it stops being yeah this tender heartfelt death mm-hmm. to just being like there is corpse on my shoulder like you know how hard that is to scrub off and it'll be emotional and oh my god <laughs> 
we don't do much laundry here. <laughs> it's very difficult, especially north of the wall where it's bloody cold. <laughs> Can't imagine that fucking decadry has a laundry inside. No, yeah, first thing you say, you're like, I know you're the three-eyed raven. Do you have a laundry? Yeah. <laughs> no? You will never walk again. You will also never wash your yeah. <laughs> clothes again. He's like, this This robe used to be white. <laughs> like, oh, ew. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that was a good bit of violence there. I had some fun with that one. So the first bit of violence as well, this is, again, where I really liked they were playing with the scale. What I meant before with the mm. White Walkers versus the uh, fucking uh, Super Friends uh, and Hodor. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like, you know, how they were playing the distance with the, the bombs and the trade people and the retreating and all yeah. that. I thought that re- worked really well to drive the tension. But the scale in the opening scene as well where, yeah, you have those droves of horses coming in a mm-hmm. very precise pattern. Yeah. And it's all big aerial shots and lots of sweeping and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff. But then, yeah, once it hits the ground and all the fucking horses and they're doing like their drive-by fucking killings, uh, it, but it's horses so gallop ride by by, ride by (laughs) ride or die bitch Mm -hmm. and yeah that's when they're doing like all these quick cuts and really visceral shots and like um bringing it down to level and uh, i just loved that Mm -hmm. hey another thing i wanted to point out when they finally do meet one of these children of the forest they're all like you know oh we look like children but we're much older than that proving that i was right how old are children (laughs) oh so this is the titular children (laughs) yes these are the children well it's weird that the episodes are named after them and they're in it barely yeah no game of thrones is bad at naming they are we are much better at it like i didn't know if um we'd been mentioned to before good sentence elliot that Read sentence too good. Tilda Swanson Sword was called Oathkeeper. Is this why that other episode was called Oathbreaker? Maybe? I, no, I think we went through that at the time because I knew that's what it, the name of her sword was. And um, yeah, right. No, nope, she didn't break an oath in that. She never does. She's Brianna fucking Tarth. She's awesome. Yep. So some ten episodes later, I still don't know why it's called Oathbreaker. Nope. Greatest <laughs> miss. We've solved the mystery of how does Dan Brady do her braids. They're entirely mm. confidence based, uh, but we've not figured out why that episode is called Oathbreaker. It's interesting because, yeah, her braids in this one are more like, they're not really braids. They're like curled up hair mm. that is also then doubled around itself. So you yeah, got like, like a the, double helix hair. Yeah. Double helix. So I, I'm guessing she's just new into this role and she's just finding yeah. her feet. Oh, I think that's fair because, you know, she's she's presiding over these people. She's trying to be just and fair, but never really had to do that before. So yeah, yeah. I think she's doing well and that's where the braids come from. Yeah. She thinks, oh, well, slavery must be abolished. And then one person comes along, oh, grey area. I will preside. Exactly. Um, but anyway, back to Oathkeeper as well. Mm-hmm. This is the battle scene that I had a bit of problem with. and Really? I'm curious to know your thoughts uh, because I thought it started and ended awesome. Mm. I thought the middle chunk was terrible. Yeah, it got very hard to tell what was going on, but I do love they start off with your traditional sword fighty thing and then Brian gets the hound down to his knees and has a sword at his throat and is like you know, basically, I don't want to kill you. Like, do you yield or honourable and stuff? He's like, I'm not a fucking knight. And like, neither is she. So then they start beating the crap out of each other. Yeah. He does the fucking Game of Thrones equivalent of grabbing the barrel of the gun and shoving it in his mouth. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> brutal. But no, I agree. <laughs> fucking grabbing the sword by the hands. Oh, Yeah. But it worked. Mm. Uh, the middle, yeah, was very just hard to tell what was going on or who was standing where. And it was a little few too many quick cuts too rapidly. feels like they maybe planned it to be a shorter fight, but then someone was having too much of a good time editing it. Yeah. And so they gave it a little bit more when they probably should have left a little bit out. 
Look, I mean, because I was thinking back to one where you were, I think it was Battle of the Bastards where it's like, I found, yeah, the quick cuts disorienting, but like, okay, artistically, is this sort of going into Meant to be the, the chaos. Yeah, but I don't sort of get that from a two-person sword fight, especially when they've got such big-ass fucking swords. Mm. This is why I liked the beginning and the ending, because I think when they're on the ground and sort of, you know, like... Uh, fighting in the dirt a bit mm-hmm. and a bit more rough and tumble than it works but i think for the sword play it was just disorientating mm. yeah and it would have been a better contrast to have you know this elegant kind of they know exactly where each other are and it's all about checking your footing and watching your opponent compared to yeah the all-out brawl where it becomes confusion and whatever you can grab and hit your opponent with and brown just starts wailing on him with a rock which is dope. oh exactly <laughs> that's exactly where the fucking quick cuts work because mm. it's working with her um her screeches as well and her fucking desperation uh, um, but there was one good thing uh, in the sword play quick cuts that I liked, which was they were sort of cutting between uh, shots where like the sun was totally in your eyes. And I thought that was good for mm-hmm. sort of dealing with the chaotic nature. Yeah. But also I thought I thought it was just way too quick. Yeah, I'm going to say because neither of them they have this whole thing about neither of them are knights. I'm going to say don't bring a knight to a rock fight. <laughs> Title. Yep. <laughs> Not gonna lie, just click that one. But like, yes, good. <laughs> but uh, even before that, the whole tension of we all kind of know this is gonna or something's gonna happen because yeah. they bump into the, well to them it's this girl they don't know it's Arya yet they're just having a little polite back and forth uh, and then you know then the hound steps out and it's like oh now we kind of know it's on and because he was hidden behind the corner we know. When he comes out, she's going to get real. Well, that's a funny thing. I didn't know who that was behind. Oh. And I thought that was a bluff on Arya's part. Ah, right. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah. It's good to be like, there are people. Why don't you stop shitting and come over? Oh, you're going to take a while <laughs> shitting because you have to take off all the, those weapons and all those nunchucks. Okay. Yeah, no, that's cool. <laughs> you invented nunchucks. That's, that's, that's awesome. Thing. <laughs> they're, they're awesome but useless. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, but no, I really like... Um, then they had this kind of back and forth where Brown's like, oh, I've been sworn by your mother to protect you. And I was like, I don't know who the fuck you are. Yeah. And the Hound's like, oh, we don't know who the fuck you are. I um, thought she was about to have, like, when you pose a paradox to a robot or something, <laughs> I meant to bring you back to your mother, but your mother's dead. Uh-oh. It does not compute. <laughs> Tilda Swanson, malfunction. <laughs> uh, but I do like the Hound's got a great line when, uh, you know, Brown's like, no, I'm, I've sworn to take you to safety. So he's all, safety? Where's that exactly? Everyone mm. she knows is dead. <laughs> It's like, yeah, yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, again, fucking everyone's acting the shit out mm-hmm. of it. As And yeah, reunion special. I'm seeing the Hound again, who fucking rules. He does, especially now as well. He's just the right kind of badass, but also knows he's got, he's vulnerable. There's mm. a vulnerability, but he does it anyway. I don't know. It, it works. Absolutely. Um, but I think that's all the violence. Oh no, Tyrion kills a couple of people. Tyrion's big escape. This is a huge moment as well. And a bunch of stuff that no one really saw coming. This stunned the hell out of me when he rocks up to Tywin's bedroom and finds Shay there instead. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh. Mm. Wait. Betrayals. Okay. So well, she from what I'm episode. gathering from this scene is that, uh, yes, indeed, she was a, a, a sex worker, mm. that Tyrion was procuring the services of mm-hmm. and that's why he's pissed at dad for doing the same thing to the one he loved yeah yeah pretty Close much enough. yeah pretty much um you, again there's enough dialogue you can kind of piece it together uh yeah she once upon a time was just a concubine concubine whatever uh but then became a companion to him and then there's a whole thing you'll get into it It'll, it's good but uh this was like just a 
pin drop moment uh, in the forward watch. So he was going to that room to confront his father or kill him? Uh, well, both, Pro- really. Yeah. Pro- probably both, but no, found Shay there instead. And bah, bah, bah. Yeah, because he definitely walked with more purpose when he grabbed the crossbow after that. Yeah, because now he's like, well, now he's got like double reason to want to confront yeah. him. Um, but yeah, that's a harrowing moment, and like they kind of lock eyes for a second, and she goes for the you know the fruit knife, and they struggle, and it's it's a nasty bit, and it's some some excellent acting on uh, Dinklage's part, where he's both furious and sad, and you know reluctant, and there's that just bit where he kind of grabs the chains around her neck, and they kind of gets bumped off the bed and falls, and just realizes that's the perfect position, and just chokes her out, and ah, nah. yeah, oh, and when he sits in that moment, and like her head's in front of his face and then it mm. just sort of drifts away a bit and you see the tear coming out of his eye. Fuck! Yep, vintage Dinklage. <laughs> uh, and then he grabs the crossbow off the wall and heads down to find Tywin, who's taking a good old shit. Yep! <laughs> um, but no, again, I love this back and forth where he's all like, you've always wanted me to die, haven't you? And Tywin's like, yep, mm. but you refuse to die and I respect that. You know it's yours and you take it. And it's like, even even with his pants down, faced with a crossbow, he's still awesome. Well, yeah, and he's still controlling the situation. And, like, it's almost like he is expecting Tyrion to back down. And, like, he sort of keeps planting his ass back on the plopper because mm. he, he's, he knows he's at the disadvantage. And his yeah. old ways of talking Tyrion down are probably not working here. I, I don't know. That's what I got anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, even from the previous scene, you can kind of get he's, he's a man who likes to be well-presented and regal, and here he is at the most vulnerable point of that, and he keeps, yeah, like you said, Johnny, oh, we'll go back to my office. He's like, nope, we're going to stay here where yeah. you have your pants around your ankles and look like a dopey old man, and I have a crossbow. I know you're not going to take any more steps forward because you haven't wiped, and that <laughs> would feel really icky. Yeah, well, as I said, apparently in the books, uh, one of the crossbow boats nicks his bowel, and uh, he then, you know, shits himself, and apparently there's a line about... Uh, because there was always like Tyrion, Tywin Lannister was always you know rich, and it's like there was a line that he shat gold, and then after shooting him in the bowel, it's like Barrett, you don't shit gold, <laughs> Tyrion out. Ah, <laughs> uh, from the twisted mind of George R. R. Martin. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's again, it's it's just the ugly realities of death. People die and poop themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then it plays a lovely version of Reigns of Castlemere, which is always good. Uh, later on, we get a kind of orchestral version, or a choir version of the Game of Thrones theme. That's all good. It's and- so fucking smart because they set up this choir version, then Arya talks with uh, Mr. Ship Captain and mm-hmm. bribes him? I don't know. Gives him that coin for the House of Black and White that she throws into the water when she gets there and can't get in immediately. Yeah. Yeah. Is this just the equivalent of a fucking uh, stamp your wrist and you can get back into the theme park? Like, what is the. Ooh, you have a shiny coin, then fucking. Uh, you'll find out later. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Um, or earlier, depending on how you think about it. Yeah, anyway, so- I got distracted. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway, you got the choral version, you know, setting up this scene. It slips into the background as she's mm-hmm. doing this thing. And then as she sets sail, that choral scene is added again. But then, like, the sea shanty version of yeah. the theme uh, pops up underneath where it's got, like, a, li- li- a little a little bit more of a swing to it. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the word swashbuckling would mm-hmm. be appropriate to describe it. Oh, show. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a great little bit. I do really like it. I don't think I have any other notes on that. I already wrote, said shit's gold, so we're good for that. Yeah, look, I, I might be out of notes. Like, we've covered a lot of ground. There's a lot of ground to cover. Uh, let me just go through. Uh, have a bit of a funeral for Ingrid, but not too much to say on that, because, you know, she's dead, so she can't talk. 
Oh, God, there is no dirtier talk than fucking Jamie and Seesaw's goddamn incest dirty talk. I know, it's just it's extra gr- I told father that we fuck, and then they make out, and it's gross. Yeah, but again, it's so well shot and so well acted. You're like, yes, it's gross, but I believe it from these people. They actually, they're genuinely going to th- it's weird, but yeah. Well, I think that's the sort of the hard thing to reconcile is that... <laughs> You'd imagine, <laughs> oh God, is there something I want to get into? That people committing incest would want to dance around it a bit, but no, nope, these people are clearly into it. Yeah, they've just, well, they kind of re- regress from that in the next season, which is again weird given Cersei's just been like, fuck it, I give up. But then I guess, you know, Tywin carks it and they have, they have to go back to pretending, I suppose. Yeah, I don't know. It's a weird world. Oh uh, yeah, because otherwise they wouldn't be in charge anymore. Right, okay. Like, yeah, pretty much. That gives some context. All mm. right, cool. But again, I'm not, catching up. It's not that they said that. We just figured it out here and now. Yeah. Uh, Tormund's got another great line where they're talking about Ingrid, and he's like, she loved you. And he's like, uh, she say that? She goes, no, she always talked about wanting to kill you. Mm. That's how I knew she loved you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is a very irresponsible fire you're setting, John. I mean, even in snow, trees can still catch fire. You want to set your big funeral burning well, fires away from yeah, trees. Yeah, I mean... They didn't have, like, a Smokey the Bear to warn them about forest fires. They just had literal bears. So I guess it's different. I don't know. Um, and then Bear Island Girl will step in for that. Yeah. But uh, fun fact, the woman who plays Ingrid and uh, Kit Harrington are now married in real life. Ah. Oh. Hmm. So there you go. They met on the ga- set of Game of Thrones. It was a genuine romance. How nice. Do you know, actually, uh, you remember Dexter, of course. Oh, of course. Yeah. His sister in the show, mm-hmm. uh, he married. And then they divorced, and then two seasons later, they spent like three episodes doing a weird uh, possible incest storyline. Oh, that's right. They did that in Dexter, didn't they? And then they bailed on it when the sister discovered that he was a killer. Oh, fucking hell. That show ended so horribly. <laughs> oh, yeah. How did it end? Dexter was like in a He's line a lumberjack of He's okay. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Sorry. Way, way to bring down the mood by mentioning the final season of Dexter. <laughs> For our next show, Retzer. <laughs> I mean, it depends how the theme music sounds backwards, but... Uh, that's that's basically the basis of all our decision making. Yeah. Um. I got a bit of Darth Maester when uh, they're looking over the the mountains, destroyed body, and they're all like, oh. yeah. And you know the old guys, oh well, he's he's completely dead. And Darth Maester's like, no, I can do things, spooky things. And then this is ridiculous. laboratory. Yep. But I do like um Cecil Lannister's like. You know, he's Darth Mace is all I can I can I can bring him back and seesaws mm. will will it weaken him? He's like, Oh oh no. Oh my gosh. He's weaken gonna, Woo <laughs> oh. You're worried if he's gonna get weak that's oh. Girl girl, have you heard of a makeover? It's like that, but oh you you'll check it. Don't worry, don't worry. You'll you'll walk back to the castle when you're nude and oh, he'll be all trust me, it'll be awesome. All things just keep getting better. <laughs> when you're a zombie. <laughs> Um, Charles Dance is awesome. I've already said that. Oh yeah, when uh, the Super Friends—that's—they're just such a cute ragtag bunch of kids. That's all I can call them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So old Bran and his uh, kid fans. Yep. Um, when they are on their journey, there is like one particular shot where they see that uh, red leaf tree, and mm-hmm. it's just being uh, mm. lit by the sunlight, and you've got these like beautiful sunset things where yeah the sun's going down so you got like all these pinks and oranges mm-hmm. in the sky but all these gray clou- clouds it just 
creates such an interesting contrast, and especially against that stark red tree. There mm-hmm. is just some amazing fucking art going on in yeah, this episode. And just some shot composition, and the whole thing looks like an oil painting, and yeah. Yeah. Ah. So much better. I'm so much more excited about Game of Thrones now. <laughs> Which actually kind of made the final shot seem a bit disappointing because it was just sort of heading out into a cloudy sea and because mm. the water's reflecting, it's not making much. Yeah. But, but I, it, I mean, the music got me through that The scene. music cue is great and just the yeah. idea of, you know, onward to adventure is what gets you there on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I am out of notes. How are you? How about you? Uh, Tree Man was just pissing me off with a, oh, I know all of you, and I know all your secrets. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That was annoying. Yeah. <laughs> you won't walk, but you will fly. Fuck off. Yeah, maybe that's why they changed him to the slightly younger version. Yeah. With a clipped beard. <laughs> or maybe maybe between seasons, they gave him a makeover as well. It's like, I know you're growing into a tree. However, why don't we just clip this beard, get you a new <laughs> robe, maybe make you 20 years younger. Awesome. <laughs> oh, thanks, just keep getting <laughs> that's it <laughs> but yeah it just uh, can i go one fucking season without a character that's just mysterious and all-knowing and fucking has the answers yeah. but do you have a question mm-hmm. like fuck those people because I'm isn't sick the question the real answer Whoa. Mm. yeah no annoying um oh yeah no nudity we didn't even bother bringing it up but no. that's fine. That's okay. It doesn't need nudity because the episode fucks. That's it. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, I'm out of notes. How about you? Camouflage. <laughs> when Arya was just hiding behind a rock. Camouflage. Cam- camouflage. Camouflage. Ah, <laughs> No. No, can't make it, it work. I'm it out might, of notes. It might, be work, it might work written down, but not, not pronounced. Yeah. No, it's funny because, like, actually, I thought I had a lot of notes, but half of them are like, what's this person? Oh, okay. I get it now. Who's this? Yes, I get it. <laughs> yeah, I nearly ran out of space. That's how many notes I had. But we breezed them all with vigor because mm. it was good. All right, we must ask our final question then. How did we get here? Well, somebody told me that the next episode of season four will be called The Watchers of the Wall. So I reckon Jon Snow is going to be busting out some really cool Rolexes, yep. uh, some really nice timepieces, you know, the kind that you see Bradley Cooper and Leonardo DiCaprio advertising in an international airport. Yeah, but are they like legit or is he, you know, got them under his coat and like, hey, would you like to buy a Ronex? <laughs> it's The Watchers of the Wall. It's not The Watchers of the Kingdom, you know. Yeah, I mean, you take what you can get when you're at the wall. Yeah, they're better than the the watchers of the the slums, but, you know. All right, well, we will find out next time as we continue running backwards in Thrones of Game. But for now, our watch has ended. Welcome to Season 5! Woo-hoo, it's actually good! (laughs) 